Hey, this is Pastor Tim. I'm Scotty. And this is Jonathan. Welcome back to another episode of the MVP, where we take a topic from Sunday's message and dive a lot deeper into it, try to apply it to the 21st century and see how we can address these things in our everyday lives. Dr. Tim, you talked about gender on Sunday, so I'm interested to see where we're going to go today. First question, how many genders do you know? Two. Two. For over 3,500 years, there seems to only be two. But all of a sudden, it has popped up to be more. How many more? Oh, a whole lot more. We'll find out on Sunday how many more and give descriptions on what some of those are. And so it is It is to the point now that I think they're liars. I really do. I think they're liars. Um, when people are pinpointed to the question, can you define a male and a female? And they say they can't. I believe deep down inside they're liars. For the most part, they're liars. And the reason they can't define a man and a woman is because if they do that, they're going to lose clout. They're going to lose points on whether they're in part of a, you know, a, a political group or whether they're trying to push an agenda. There's no way that I believe most of these people lay down at night and say, wow, I didn't realize that there was 45,000 new genders in the last 10 years. Where have I been for the last 40 years? I, I just don't think that it has... It, it is a common sense issue. I think it's all pushed for various reasons across the board. But the biggest one is, I, I, I believe this, is that Satan is doing a good job destroying lives one soul at a time. And now he's using this issue of male and female and sexuality and who am I as far as an identity to destroy a person? That that has kind of been my feeling for for a long time um, about a lot of these modern movements, whether it's sexuality, whether it's gender, or or whatever. That there, let's just be honest. There are going. There have always been people who are attracted to the same sex or who felt some sort of gender um, dysphoria, D- gender um, the wrongness in their gender. But I, the amount and the number of people who are claiming those things, I think, does tie very closely to the prevalence of the discussion about it and and it's one of those things of which came first the chicken or the egg were they were they this many and they just were kind of hidden or were there did we start talking about it and so they started identifying this way to to gain some kind of recognition to gain some kind of of uniqueness to gain some kind of something but i i, I do agree with you that when you look at the number of people who are struggling uh, with some sort of gender misidentity, then you have to think that there is something deeper going on, not only in themselves, but in our culture as well. I would think that 
that part of it comes from um sort of a a a need to to feel completely at home in yourself in in whatever way that is uh and, and so you see um you know you're you're scrolling through youtube or whatever and uh you see somebody who identifies a certain way or who presents this certain way and you're like oh okay well that that sort of opens the door to a conversation and you start seeing more and more of that and so you're like oh well maybe maybe i can experiment with with who i am in this way or maybe i can uh try this out because i'm being told culturally that uh, I, I am a chameleon and I don't have to be today what I was yesterday or will be tomorrow. And so it it almost, in my opinion, the, the way that culturally we have sort of drifted away from um, this this two gender standard that's been there for for thousands of years um, has sort of come from this this openness to to people trying to be different versions of themselves and uh really really maybe not being true to who they are but trying things out just to see you know maybe this is me today so do you think that has any bearing any relation uh correlation with the um the destruction or the the undermining of absolute truth that there are things that can be absolutely true always yeah i mean i, 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 I there's probably a, a a correlation there uh where you know sort of like i said the culturally we are being told that you are not who you were yesterday or the day before uh that there are not these core things you know about us besides our goodness or our badness or whatever um so an eroding of the understanding of absolute truth probably does have a lot to well and that goes back from the enlightenment period and that's what goes back to a worldview you know all of these things connect you know for thousands of years we were at a standard then we started questioning that standard and now look what we're doing we're, we're questioning every standard you know, every standard. Now, I guess if we really wanted to question whether the sky is blue and we came away with, well, it's not really blue. It is a light blue or, you know, it is a hue of a blue. We could agree that there would be different shades of blue within the sky, especially at sunset. It, it, it changes colors with a reflection of the sun. But to say that we have a reflection of male and female from maleness of femaleness and we have a reflection of that that we need to investigate that just that just doesn't make sense because it's absolutely true that there's male and female but when you when you are so quick to dismiss fact for feeling that this is this is what you're left with when things can't be factually true things that are true can only be what you feel and how you perceive them then this that this is always going to be the end result and to receive them you have to change the truth or change what looks like true reality 
in order to do something. So Sunday I said, you know, God created night and day. Okay. It doesn't say that he created, you know, morning, uh, mid morning. It didn't say that he dusk, you know, dawn. He didn't, you know, it just says, but we understand that there is a realm there. They're going to use the argument that also, so when God created animals, he created what we'd call water animals. And then he created things that would walk on, on the planet. And then he would create things that would fly in the sky. But then you have some anomalies. You got a frog that will be in the water, but can walk on land. So the analogy is, if God made a frog who really hits several categories, then as a male or a female, I have the right to hit several categories. Well, first of all, you're not a frog, you know, but, but this is the stretch that we, they, they go to, to try to prove scripturally whether, whether they're Christians or not is not really to me the issue. The issue is how can I explain my position so I can tell you what I am, period, whether I believe in Jesus or not. And so it's not going, it's not only going to take the biblical stance, it's going to take science it's going to take biology. It's going to be changing everything in order to fit a, a firmer belief in order to do that. Let me, inter- before you go, let me interject and just ask a question. What is the obsession with fringe groups, uh, specifically in, in the case in our current discussion, uh, people that have a a different previously called deviant sexuality or gender identity. What is their obsession with conforming scripture to their viewpoint? I mean, why not just punt on Christianity altogether? Why, why are you trying to manipulate and formulate something when it is very clear that most of what's in scripture you don't agree with, but you're still trying to figure out and how to manipulate this so that you can be quote accepted within these realms. Is it? What is the purpose of what is the purpose of the wolves coming in sheep clothing to a church? What is the main purpose? I mean, you want to, you want to feed, you want to, you're hungry. You need, you need some, you need some mutton, but also coming as yourself coming as a, as a as a wolf into the sheep's pen or whatever is going to alert the sheep that they're there. Well, but I mean, what what's the purpose of for the wolf to come though? Destruction, destruction, or to lead people away. And so, why not say, hey, you know, I know there's some there's probably some people who believe in Jesus who are struggling too. So two things are going to happen: they're either going to pull them out of Christianity, or you're going to be like the guy in California, sweet boy. And you're going to create your, own ch- create your own church that's going to house all the people that are claiming, you know, who, what they are and who they are. So two, several things are going to happen. But if it's true that we're all created with a place within us to connect to a God, they are not going to bypass that. There has to be a connection somewhere. And do you notice that most of these people do not connect to Buddha? 
they don't connect to you know any other god per se that's out there they always want to attach themselves to the god of all gods not to any other do you hear anybody doing this to muhammad you know they're not attaching themselves to the muhammad's teachings but they will they will fight against jesus teachings you know what i'm saying they know that islamic beliefs would not even tolerate this so they're not even go down that road but for the last 25 30 years the church has been saying oh we've got to love everybody all the time for everything well that's not all truth we love people but not even sin is is allowed in heaven and so what we've done is we said ah oh, it's okay jesus still loves you well, he does he loves you enough to die for your sin but not for you to remain in sin. Well, and that, that's the thing, like when people say, well, Jesus loved everybody. Yeah, he loved everybody, and he called them out of the lifestyle they were in. Everybody he came in contact with, he called them out into something greater. Yes, he ate with tax collectors and sinners. He ate with tax collectors and sinners and called them out of their sin. But what we have so many churches and so many quote-unquote believers who who are afraid and say we shouldn't call people out of their sin because this is just how they feel. It's all about feelings. That's that's sort of what I've been sitting here uh, ruminating on. Feelings. Uh, yeah. Feelings. <laughs> it's nothing more than feeling. <laughs> I feel like I'm being serenaded in my ears right now. It's great. People, general, people in general, want to feel comfortable in themselves. And obviously... That is not always true. Oh, you didn't feel comfortable Sunday in your own self. I did not. I did not sit down here today to get called out. That is not what this is about. You didn't feel comfortable enough to get in a sumo suit and walk through the sanctuary. So I'm renting those suits again just so I can do it. Uh, but. But we do. We we want to feel not not only do we want to feel comfortable in ourselves, we want people to love us. Jonathan's losing it. Every <laughs> he, he's he's thinking about that sumo wrestler well, yeah. dancing at the uh, rodeo. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, but we want other people to love us too. Yes. And and for us to feel comfortable in our own spot means that it may readjust us a little bit to make sure that we're loved by someone else. And and I, I think I'm going to push back on you just a little bit, Scotty, because I don't know. I think many times our, our need to be accepted by others, accepted by someone, push us, pushes us to do things and change ourselves in a way that leaves us not comfortable in our own skin. Um, Specifically, you think about so many, so so many people who, because of uh, a body dysmorphia or because of uh, who they're hanging around, they change how they dress, how they talk, how they act, the things that they claim to be interested in, because they want to be accepted by someone, and therefore they they change themselves and force themselves to become something else that they eventually try to become comfortable with versus trying to seek 
and become their true authentic self. That's a that's a a, a fair point for sure. So let's think about this just for a minute since you brought that up. It seems like we're hopping all over the place here like a frog. Um, when you two went to school, what was what was the biggest peer pressures from the other students? What what was your biggest peer pressures when you guys were going to school? So for instance, mine, I think let's just say from junior high on up, it was more early junior high. It was probably more, hey, have you tried one of these Quaaludes? You know, one of these speed pills. Um, that was not where I was expecting that to go. <laughs> when you get a little older, it is more like, hey, would you like alcohol? You know what I'm saying? Or something like, hey, I dare you to go over there and take, uh, you know, a rock and knock over that, you know, speed sign or something. You know, little acts of random violence that was property structural, you know, something like that. I mean, what was your guys's? For me, the the pressures that I felt, what I perceived as the cool kids, the the things that they were doing were were twofold. Uh, it was drinking and sex. Those were the the kind of the two things that says these are the these are the activities that the popular kids, the cool kids, are participating in that you are not, and because you are not, that is why you are not cool. Uh, for me, it was uh, uh, partying and and smoking weed. So, in any of those cases that we've met, uh, that we've that we spoke about, was any of those ever a question about our gender, male or female? No, and I don't, and I don't necessarily think that there were. They were very binary too. It's either you did it or you did it. There was no. You couldn't explore within, you can't, there's not a a realm to to explore of drinking. It's like you either had alcohol or you didn't. There was no, I kind of felt like I almost had alcohol that one time. (laughs) And so when the things that we talk about today, it's it's different. These younger kids are facing to question those peer pressing moments of really is this about male and female? That's how far we've come in this peer pressing stuff. You know, as you said, to adapt to a certain clothing style, to act a certain way. Uh, you know, when, when we went to high school, we didn't say, oh, the cool kids are wearing, you know, this, 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 and this. Let's all dress like them. Now, we might get a piece of garment here or there that might be the same name brand, but we really didn't. We really didn't push ourselves to a, a certain way. And so that's what we're beginning to see is more of this peer pressure going on to conform in a certain way uh, to do things. And so. Um, well, I, so to kind of add on, add on to that, I think what we are seeing is because it was slightly different for me growing up. You definitely had like you could look across the lunchroom and see who the jocks were, who the cool kids were that were in the Abercrombie and the Hollister and, and all that kind of stuff, who kind of the nerds were. Um, but because each individual has become so, uh, it, it has become so well accepted to be a unique and individual person uh, in appearance. And even there's such a wide diversity in um, interests so that the jock can still be into uh 
sci-fi and, and all this nerd culture and that kind of stuff that where you start to see the 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 clicks and the sec uh, the sectarianness almost uh, within a high school comes more along the lines of things like uh, gender and sexuality and all that kind of stuff. It's it's Jonathan, you and I had a conversation uh, earlier today about uh, black and white versus shades of gray. And it feels like specifically with the conversation around around gender and sexuality is that the the way culture would have us see it is that 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 is a spectrum when scripture tells us that it's not it is it is a binary uh it, it is black and white where the world wants us to see it in shades of gray well and I, to to add on to that conversation that we had through some discussion, Scotty and I realized that that we approach uh topics very differently but i believe part of a lot of that comes from the culture that he's been raised in that there is a culture of gray and when you have older people when you have people um older generations they are much more prone to look at things black and white Whereas you have a younger generation who sees everything in a shades of gray. And that's why you get so many people, um, so many in the generation gap talking past one another is because older generations are declaring a, a, a binary and younger generations say everything is a shade of gray. And so there's there's some other things that as we get ready to close here that, that we want to to look at real quick that male and female no matter what still has reproductive parts that are connected to male and female we have chromosomes that connected to male and female we have we have all of these different things you know that that says male and female and and yet we want to deny those things to change science change biology change scripture for us to fit in now these people um, that we'll see Sunday is trying to connect or or not even connect but trying to produce a third gender within the Bible and so that's what we're going to look at uh, Sunday the argument for that third gender there are I think six seven countries that list a third gender um but we don't scripture doesn't um and so we'll be looking at that now i want to end on this point the reason we talk about this is not to put down anyone because we realize that god gave his life for everyone the reason we think this is very important is because we want that person to understand a worldview where God is connected in it. Because when you disconnect God from a worldview, you're going to serve, like I said Sunday, any other God. You're going to you're going to create your gods. You're going to do ever. It doesn't also dismiss the fact that we don't care about these people, nor do we care about their soul or or anything else their mentality. We are concerned for those things. And that's why we think this is important. But most of all, we can agree that there are people who suffer just like 
someone who has an addiction or something else, we can agree that there are going to be people who's going to feel certain ways and cannot distinguish what is real and what's not real. Now, they belong into a DSM DSM five book. There's, you know, this is where everything is listed. This is, you know, all the, the, the mentalness and all this stuff. It's listed there. But we're bypassing that part of it and just it's almost like giving everybody a trophy for participating. And it's almost like giving everybody what they want, dismissing all the possibilities of why a person feels that way. And if you don't get to the point where we find out why people feel that way, it's just like everything else. When there's a void in our own lives, Christian or non-Christian, we try to fill that up with anything and everything. And that's the problem. And that's what we don't want to get people to do because you can change your identity. So matter of fact, I'm going to leave it on this. I was able in high school to go sit at the lunchroom with the jocks, with the rich people, with the farmers, with the nerds. Am I listed now as gender fluid? Because I can just get along with anybody and everybody. Or am I still just a male who can get along with everybody? See, I mean, again, it's your perspective on how you look at things and so forth. And so I think that we really need to be careful when we have these conversations that we make sure that we know those persons or people. We love them and we're trying to help them understand who they are. Exactly. We want them to be the person that God created them to be, not some... uh, version of what they think is going to make themselves happy or what we want them to be what god wants them to be right exactly i think that's a very good good point we look forward to finding out exactly how many genders there are on sunday we hope that you come for that uh thank you so much guys for for another great conversation thank you so much listeners for joining us on another episode of the mvp we hope to see you wednesday if we don't get to see you wednesday we hope to see you sunday